five skills that you need to be more emotionally intelligent than the average three-year-old by Mark Manson. An astronaut is probably the most difficult job to land on the planet. Of tens of thousands of applications, NASA selects roughly half a dozen each decade. The application process is rigorous and highly demanding. You have to be a total badass to qualify. You have to have deep expertise in science and engineering. You need at least a thousand hours of piloting experience. You have to be physically strong and fit. And most of all, you have to be a smart motherfucker. Lisa Novak was all of these things. She had a master's degree in aeronautical engineering and had studied postgraduate astrophysics at the U.S. Naval Academy. She flew air missions for the U.S. Navy in the Pacific for over five years. And in 1996, she was one of the fortunate few to be selected to become an astronaut. Clearly, she was smart as hell. But in 2007, after discovering that her lover was seeing another woman, Lisa drove 15 hours straight in a diaper from Houston to Orlando in order to confront her boyfriend's new squeeze in an airport parking lot. Lisa packed zip ties, pepper spray, and large garbage bags and had some vague but not really thought through plan to kidnap the woman. But before she could even get the woman out of her car, Lisa had an emotional breakdown resulting in her quickly being arrested. Emotional intelligence is a concept researchers came up with in the 1980s and 90s to explain why intelligent people like Lisa often do really, really stupid things. The argument went that the same way your general intelligence is a measurement of your ability to process information and come to sound decisions, your emotional intelligence, or EQ, is the ability to process emotions, both others and your own, and then come to sound decisions. Some people have an incredibly high IQ, but low EQ. Think you're nutty professor who can't match his socks or doesn't see the purpose in showering. Other people have incredibly high EQ, but low IQ. Think the street hustler who can't even spell his own name, but somehow talks you into giving him the shirt off your back. Psychologists who study emotional intelligence sometimes claim that it's actually more important than general intelligence. This statement is controversial at best and a big bag of what the fuck at worst. For one, measuring emotional intelligence is difficult, if not impossible. Most of this stuff is subjective. But also because emotional intelligence isn't as stable as general intelligence is. IQ is harder to change. But EQ is something you can work on and develop like a muscle or a skill and watch grow, like a dainty flower in your stupid-ass garden. So basically, no matter how smart you are, you have no excuse. Get your shit together. Developing emotional intelligence comes down to not being a fucknut like Lisa was. Here are five ways to start doing it. 1. Practice self-awareness. Like most things emotional, you can't get better at them until you know what the fuck they are. When you lack self-awareness, trying to manage your emotions is like sitting on a tiny boat without a sail on top of the sea of your own emotions completely at the whim of the currents of whatever is happening moment by moment. You have no idea where you're going or how you're going to get there. All you can do is scream and yell for help. Self-awareness involves understanding yourself and your behavior on three levels. One, what you're doing. Two, how you feel about it. And three, the hardest part, figuring out what you don't know about yourself. One, 
knowing what you're doing. You would think this would be pretty simple and straightforward, but the truth is that in the 21st century, most of us don't even know what the fuck we're doing half the time. We're on autopilot. Check email, text BFF, check Instagram, watch YouTube, check email, text BFF, etc., etc. Removing distractions from your life, like, you know, turning off your damn phone every now and then, and engaging with the world around you is a nice first step to self-awareness. Finding spaces of silence and solitude, while potentially scary, are necessary for our mental health. Other forms of distraction include work, TV, drugs and alcohol, video games, cross-stitching, arguing with people on the internet, and so on. Schedule time in your day to get away from them. Do your morning commute with no music or podcast. Just think about your life. Think about how you're feeling. Set aside 10 minutes in the morning to meditate. Delete social media off your phone for a week. You'll often be surprised what happens to you. We use these distractions to avoid a lot of uncomfortable emotions, and so removing them and focusing on how you feel about them can reveal some scary shit sometimes. But removing distractions is critical because it gets us to the next level of self-awareness. Two, know what you're feeling. At first, once you actually pay attention to how you feel, it might freak you out. You might come to realize you're often actually pretty sad or that you're kind of an angry asshole to a lot of people in your life. You might realize that there's a lot of anxiety going on, that that whole phone addiction thing is really just a way to constantly numb and distract yourself from that anxiety. It's important to point out to not judge the emotions that arise. You'll be tempted to say something like, Ick, anxiety, what the fuck is wrong with me? But that just makes it worse. Whatever emotion is there has a good reason to be there, even if you don't remember what that reason is. So don't be too hard on yourself. Three, knowing your own emotional bullshit. Once you see all the icky, uncomfortable stuff you're feeling, you'll begin to get a sense of where your own little crazy resides. For instance, I get really touchy about being interrupted. I get irrationally angry when I'm trying to speak and the person I'm speaking to is distracted. I take it personally. And while sometimes it is just them being rude, sometimes shit happens. And I end up looking like a total dick face because I can't stand going two seconds without every word I speak being respected. That's some of my emotional bullshit. And it's only by being aware of it that I can ever react against it. Now, just being self-aware is not sufficient in and of itself. One must also be able to manage their emotions too. Second step to developing EQ channeling your emotions well. People who believe that emotions are the be-all, end-all of life often seek ways to control their emotions. You can't. You can only react to them. Emotions are merely the signals that tell us to pay attention to something. We can then decide whether or not that something is important and choose the best course of action in addressing it. Or not. There's no such thing as a good or bad emotion. There are only good and bad reactions to your emotions. Anger can be a destructive emotion if you misdirect it and hurt others or yourself in the process. It can be a good emotion if you use it to correct injustices and or protect yourself or others. Joy can be a wonderful emotion when shared with people you love when something good happens. But it can be a horrifying emotion if it's derived from hurting others. Such is the act of managing your emotions, recognizing what you're feeling, deciding whether or not that's an appropriate emotion for the situation, and acting accordingly. 
The whole point of this is to be able to channel your emotions into what psychologists call goal-directed behavior, or what I prefer to call getting your shit together. Third step to developing EQ. Learn to motivate yourself. Have you ever lost yourself completely in an activity? Like you start doing something and get immersed in it, and then you snap out of your quasi-hypnotic state you've somehow induced in yourself, and you realize three hours have passed, but it felt like 15 minutes? This happens to me when I write sometimes. I lose my sense of time, and I get this cascade of subtly layered feelings when I'm fleshing out ideas in my head and putting them into words. It's like a feeling of fascination mixed with slightly frustrated intrigue mixed with little bursts of dopamine when I feel like I just came up with a great line or a funny poop joke or somehow got my point across without cursing, which never happens, by the way. I love this feeling, and when I achieve it, it motivates me to keep writing. Notice something important here, though. I don't wait for that feeling to arise before I start writing. I start writing, and then that feeling starts to build which motivates me to keep writing, and the feeling builds a little more, and on and on. This is something that I call the do-something principle, and it's probably one of the simplest and most magical hacks that I've ever come across. The do-something principle simply states that taking action is not just the effect of motivation, but also the cause of it. Most people try to look for inspiration first, so that they can take some momentous action and change everything about themselves and their situation. They try to pump themselves up with whatever flavor of mental masturbation is in style that week so they can finally get off their ass and do something. But by next week, they've run out of steam and they're back at it again, jerking off to another method of motivation. But I like to turn this on its head. When I need to be motivated, I just do something that's even remotely related to what I want to accomplish And then the action begets motivation, begets action, and so on. When I don't feel like writing, I tell myself, I'll just work on the outline. Once I do that, it often makes me think of something interesting I hadn't thought of yet, and that I want to include, so I write that down and maybe flesh it out a little bit. Before I know it, I'm halfway through a draft, and I haven't even put my pants on yet. That's because I never put my pants on. The point is, is that in order to use your emotions effectively to get your shit together, You have to do something. If you don't feel like anything motivates you, do something. Draw a doodle. Find a free online coding class. Talk to a stranger. Learn a musical instrument. Learn something really hard. Volunteer in your community. Go salsa dancing. Build a bookshelf. Write a poem. Pay attention to how you feel before, during, and after whatever it is you're doing and use those emotions to guide your future behavior. And know that it's not always good feelings that will motivate you, too. Sometimes I'm frustrated and really fucking annoyed that I can't quite say exactly what I want to say. Sometimes I'm anxious that what I'm writing won't resonate with people. But for whatever reason, these feelings often only make me want to write more. I love the challenge of wrestling with something that's just a little bit out of reach. Step 4 to developing emotional intelligence. Recognize emotions in others to create healthier relationships. Everything we've covered so far deals with handling and directing emotions within yourself. But the whole point of developing emotional intelligence should ultimately be to foster healthier relationships in your life. And healthy relationships, romantic relationships, familial relationships, friendships, whatever, begin with recognition and respect for one another's emotional needs. 
You do this by connecting and empathizing with others, by both listening to others and sharing yourself honestly with others, that is, through vulnerability. To empathize with someone doesn't necessarily mean to completely understand them, but rather to accept them as they are, even when you don't understand them. You learn to value their existence and treat them as their own end, rather than a means for something else. You acknowledge their pain as your pain, as our collective pain. Relationships are where the emotional rubber hits the proverbial pavement. They get us out of our heads and into the world around us. They make us realize we're part of something much larger and more complex than just ourselves. And relationships are, ultimately, the way we define our values. Step 5. Infuse your emotions with your values. When Daniel Goldman's book came out in the 90s, emotional intelligence became the big buzzword in psychology. CEOs and managers read workbooks and went to retreats on emotional intelligence to motivate their workforces. Therapists tried to instill more emotional awareness in their clients to help them get a handle on their lives. Parents were admonished to cultivate emotional intelligence in their children with the aim of preparing them for a changing, emotionally-oriented world. A lot of this sort of thinking misses the point, however, and that is that emotional intelligence is meaningless without orienting your values. You might have the most emotionally intelligent CEO on the planet, but if she's using her skills to motivate her employees to sell products made by exploiting poor people or destroying the planet, how is being emotionally intelligent a virtue here? A father might teach his son the tenets of emotional intelligence, but also without teaching him the values of honesty and respect and he could turn into a ruthless, lying little prick. But he'd be an emotionally intelligent one. Con men are highly emotionally intelligent. They understand emotions quite well, both in themselves and especially in others. But they end up using that information to manipulate people for their own personal gain. They value themselves above all else and at the expense of others. And things get ugly when you value little outside of yourself. Lisa Novak, for all of her brilliance and expertise, couldn't handle her own emotions and valued the wrong things. Therefore, she let her emotions drive her off the proverbial cliff, going from outer space to an incarcerated space. Ultimately, we're always choosing what we value, whether we know it or not, and our emotions will carry out those values through motivating our behavior in some way. So in order to live the life you truly want to live, you have to first be clear about what you truly value because that's where the emotional energy will be directed. And knowing what you truly value, not just what you say you value, is probably the most emotionally intelligent skill you can ever develop. Do you know who you really are? That sounds quite philosophical and cheesy, but... It turns out that we're all actually pretty bad at knowing who we are, what we want, and what will make us happy. If you enjoyed this article that you just listened to, then you should check out my 22-page ebook where I get all into our crazy psychology and why we're so bad at understanding ourselves and what makes us happy. So to check it out, you can go to markmanson.net slash self-knowledge. It's uh, You just put in your email, I send the PDF, there's no spam, no bullshit, doesn't cost anything. Uh, it's just a way to get more cool content to you um, if you want to learn more. So go check it out, markmanson.net slash self-knowledge.